Come and see what all the hype is about. Tune in to the Hype 87.3. That's right. It's your girl, Tampa Mystic, and we are live right here on the Hype 87.3 out here in ATL. What's going on, everybody, man? Listen, I have a very highly anticipated interview that we're about to jump into. This is somebody that I've been rocking with for a very long time. He's super talented. Always making hit records. He's got another one that we're about to premiere tonight. But without further ado, man, shout out to Rhyme Schemes. What's going on with you, family? What's up? What's up? <laughs> Blessed to be back rocking with you. The hardest working lady in uh, the music industry. Hey, and I got the hardest working uh, man in the music industry. Like, you are just out here killing it right now. Like, wow, I'm I'm so impressed and I'm proud of you. You know, again, we've, we've been rocking for a long time, so I just want to give you flowers real quick and just say, man, I'm really proud of everything you got going on. Um, you create good content, great visuals, great music, just all around a dope individual. So um, let's just jump into it. Tell everybody first where you're checking in from. Man, I'm in California right now. You know, I've been I've been out here for about, what, 12, 13 years. I ain't left. I don't think I'm going nowhere soon. <laughs> I'm out here in the Southern California with this bipolar weather. You know what it is. But uh, I, was just really, gonna... I grew up in Detroit, though. So oh, okay. in Cali. I was just going to ask you, I thought that whole song said it never rains in Southern California. What's up with that? Man, they, hey, they, they lied, man. <laughs> he said, that's a lie. <laughs> Maybe back in the day it was like that. <laughs> I know. I don't know about that. It was like, yeah, hurricanes and stuff coming through the side. Like, Ro- what the hell? Yo, I seen that, like, earthquakes and hurricanes. But, you know, like, not to get off subject, but I really think that climate change is very real and it has a lot to do with it. A lot of the pollutions and stuff that go in the air are out here affecting what's going on. But um, outside of that, do you enjoy living in Southern California? Yeah. I mean, I wish I could, I, you know, for everything's perfect out here. You know what I'm saying? You get you get the best of everything. Only thing I wish that I had prices like I was in, like, Brazil or somewhere because, you know, real estate over here is expensive. So if they could, if they could make prices like Brazil or Guadalajara, <laughs> Mexico, then we'd be, this would be heaven over here. <laughs> Absolutely. I I haven't been to Cali in probably, gosh, I want to say it's been, hmm, how old am I? I'm 49. So, yeah, it's probably been 25 years, honestly, since I've been to Cali. It's been a very long time. But even back then, I remember how expensive it was, and I remember how hefty the traffic was on the on the interstates and stuff but it was beautiful out there like I love the mountains and it's just it's beautiful beautiful out there and I did hear you say you're originally from Detroit that's where you were born at yeah that's right well actually well I wasn't born there but you know I, I grew up my whole life there understood uh, yeah so that yeah, was that was my home. whole life there Okay. Yeah, yeah. And the funny thing about it is if I go back over there, I feel like a foreigner. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> okay. I, don't even, I don't even know how to move. I was telling somebody earlier, I said, you know, it got so hood over there. I might go walk down the street and might get shot by one of my, like, best friends. Oh, gosh. I'm, I'm, I'm like, you just shot your godfather. Like, <laughs> I don't know how to move no more. Right, right. Listen, I totally get it because I've been in Atlanta for uh, 10 years now. So it'll be 10 years next month. But, yeah, we'll say 10 years. And when I, that's how kind of how I feel when I go back to Florida because after a whole decade, so much stuff has changed within cities uh, the the people, whatever, whatever. So I, I totally understand. So it's like when I go back to Florida now, honestly, I go visit my family and I come right back. That's it. I don't get involved in nothing else. <laughs> oh, that's straight up. That's what, that's, how, that's how I was feeling. Like, man, I don't even know how to move. You know, our friends <laughs> FaceTime me and stuff. 
I was like, man, where is that? Yeah. Like, it's right down the street where we used to live. It's still looking look like foreign right now. So, yeah. <laughs> Shout out to my people over there, man. Absolutely. So about what age did you move from Detroit? Um, let me see. I left. As soon as I, as soon as I got out of high school, I okay. was like out. Um, yeah, I was out. You know, went, you know, went away to school four years, then left school, ended up going to the military. And after that, I ended up moving out to Arizona, and then I made my way around, you know, over here to Cali. Yeah, that is really dope, you know, and thank you for your service. So what branch of the military were you in? I was Army, 11 Bravo, mm. Airborne Ranger. Wow. Were you sh- uh, jumping out of airplanes and stuff? Yeah. Yeah. Air- air- airplanes and reconnaissance. And, man, I was out there doing it big. I don't know how I can't do it again. No. I don't know if I can do it again, but it was it was I, guess, I did it. I got the t shirt. <laughs> so, <laughs> you so you spent four years in there? Actually I was in for six years. Oh, six yeah, years. Okay. Yeah. yeah, that that's a long time. It it can beat you up. You know, my son was eleven, Charlie. He was infantry, but he also went through air assault school and you know, after his time, North Carolina, Uh. he like, yeah, he moved around. He even was in South Africa for a while. And, you know, he loved the experience of it, but he said he'd never want to make a career out of it or ever go back. (laughs) It beats you up. It beats you up. Like, you know, especially you're lifting all them heavy artilleries and stuff. So, um, you know, with that being said, you know, what was some of the positive things that you got out of being in the military? I mean, to be honest with you, like, you know, that I think that was de- my destiny, though. It was something that I always wanted to do, you know. Um, it enhanced it enhanced my discipline, you know, for sure, like the structure and the discipline. And, and that, that, that thing, I think, is the most important. I think all people need discipline and, and structure in their life in order to whatever they're doing. You know, they can be a mechanic, whatever. You, you do definitely need discipline and structure and, you know, uh, well, I'll say principles. Yes. And that's something that I definitely learned being in the military and I, I can still take that you know enhance whatever I got going on whether it be music or you know just personal business in life yes absolutely that's so important and a lot of people lack you know that type of structure they're all over the place they're not professional and you know so it's I'm not saying everybody pick up and go to the military but you know do something that's going to get you some structure not only in life but in business as well so you know that's amazing that you carried that over um going into the military was that a personal choice That was definitely a personal choice I mean I you know I was a track runner I mean, I'm still running to this day in my 40s but like I was a track runner you know that's how I got out the hood. I was like, uh, <laughs> Dustin. I was like, what's his name on uh, Higher Learning? Omar Epps. Like, <laughs> that's how I got out the hood. You know what I'm saying? I ran and got out the hood. And that one, I never stopped. Still running to this day. Listen, but, uh, that's dope. You was out there dusting them. So, um, <laughs> what, what, what were you running? Yeah, I was I was like a hundred meter, two hundred meter person, a sprinter. It was funny. I was a sprinter, and then I went and once I got out, of, uh, you know, got graduated from college. That's when I personal choice. I decided to go to the military. Yeah, you know, I did that on my own. I could have went and worked somewhere, but I decided to like go right into the military. Man, uh, but it's funny. But it's funny now. I run like five k's and ten k's and stuff like that now. So I don't do the sprints no more. I do like the distance run. You pace yourself which now. Which is crazy. Yeah, yeah it's, which is crazy for a sprinter because you know. I, Total different muscle. Complete opposite. That's that's crazy, you know, 
your, your journey sounds a lot like my son's because my son also ran track and he did the hundred meter and he did the uh, what is it called four by two relay where he carried the baton at the very end because he was the fastest one on the whole track team like he was oh, out there dusting them so yeah. yeah he was the anchor exactly and um then he also went to the military so you and my son have very very similar paths I love it I love it so um yeah, when, nice. when did music come into play you know actually that's another thing I, I think that was probably the best decision ever because being in the military allowed me to start making music yes. you know I was always thinking like a business mind back then. You know, I was more like a business mind. Like, hey, I'm, I, I would have been the person that managed music musicians, how I was pre-military. Yeah. When I got in the military, you know, we 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 actually got um, deployed overseas and stuff like that. And I was, and we had a lot of downtime. And you know, a lot, of, you know, I met a lot of guys from like New York, Baltimore. You know, them dudes lyricists. And so every day they were just freestyle while we like lifting sandbags or whatever the case may be. They, free, they freestyle. Got bars. Like they going crazy. They got bars. And so like, you know, I figured like, let me jump in this, you know, and we kept doing that and kept freestyling every day. And then, you know, what we was going through kind of developed like a passion. I had a story to tell. And that's kind of how it started off. That is dope. Now, being that you moved around, obviously, in the military and in personal life from Detroit to Cali, you said you spent some time in Arizona and some of the places that you probably touched being in the military. So you don't necessarily have a, a regional sound, if that makes sense. Like some people that make music from New York, you know they're from New York or Atlanta or whatever. Yeah. Like, I love the fact that your sound is just universal. Like, I would never be able to peg, like, okay, I listen to his song. Oh, he's from here. You just have a very universal sound. Would you say that that came from, you know, just not necessarily being in the same place your entire life? I I think so. I think I, I think I did that on purpose. You know, I kind of projected that, like, to kind of, like, make some music kind of represent me as, as a whole, like, my journey. Yes. You know, so I try to experiment with different sounds, you know, because everywhere you go, like, somebody was telling me, like, somebody told me this, like, a metaphor. He's like, every time, you you know, you walk down this road, and you stumble, make sure you like learn something from that road. You know, mm. you pick up a piece of something like and every time you go. So next time you go on that road again, you already like know the, the hurdles and things like that. Yes. So as I relate that to music, it's like everywhere I've been, I try to take a little bit of this and take a little bit of that and, and take feedback and, and, and develop it. It's like global sound that I did. And I, I think right now at this point, I think I'm satisfied with, with my sound. Absolutely. I agree. I, I think that, again, you know, you have that universal sound. And with this new record that we're going to check out in a little bit called Body Man, it's a, in my personal opinion, that is a platinum selling record right there. Like, do not let up on that record right there. It is just so fire. And it has that universal sound as well, especially with the feature that you incorporated on there, which we'll talk about. I think it's one of those songs that you could put on in any setting, a restaurant, a club, radio, um, at a high school graduation, I don't know, like any type of setting, and people are going to be like, oh, this is a nice song. Like, you really did that. Yeah, yeah, I, 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 like, I like the song, yeah, because, you know, the thing about it is I wanted to make music, like I wanted to be involved with the times too, because like, you know, like a lot of music I listen to, it's so funny because, you know, growing up in the hood, you know, we, I grew up to like the dog pound and, <laughs> you know, like a lot of, you know, a lot of stuff where they were spice one, where they were talking that, that ish, you know? Yeah. And, and so me right now, it's like, I try to make non-threatening music, you know, where I'm, I don't even use profanity. Like I try to just 
make I just try to just keep keep it like that because you know I don't even live like that. So yes. you know it's just so funny. I grew up listening to all that music and and I listen to some of the other music nowadays where people be talking about they got extendos and <laughs> twitches and I'm like damn I'm like rich <laughs> 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 little ass <laughs> like you about to go to war like, out here. What's going on? Man, I'm like damn I'm like scared man. I'm like I seem like damn I grew up like that. I'm like damn like. Man, it got me scared. I don't even know. You know, so, so I try to make non-threatening music. You know, when your grandma can listen to it, or your little seven-year-old can listen to it. No. I like how you call it non-threatening music. Like you should coin that phrase. This is non-threatening music because, <laughs> straight up. Because really, like you know, I seen a, something on. I think it was on Instagram where they had posted something about the fact that. You know, like you said, a lot of the music that comes out now is that shoot 'em up, bang bang. They talking like because they want to seem so tough. But if you go to the club for four hours and you listen to that back to back to back, you kind of carry that home with you. That like riled up mentality. So it's like people have to be mindful of what they're consuming, and especially for long periods of time. So that's why I really don't enjoy going to the club much because. A lot of the music that they're playing is not something I care to listen to for three or four hours, honestly. Man, straight up, yeah, straight up. I don't even know. I mean, I, I mean, I'm, I'm, I just a disclaimer, not a disclaimer, but I guess uh, to add to it, those guys are talented with their words. You know, yes. how they describe it. At. It's kind of like almost like a, a director making a movie or whatever like that, where they like, where they like creating like the storyline or Stephen King type of deal. Absolutely, Stephen King type of deal. But it's like. It's like I don't watch horror flicks all day long. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> exactly. Like, I want to see people getting sliced up and their legs chopped off. So it's like, <laughs> so I just, so I give them props on their talent or their storytelling. You know what they're going through in Chicago or Atlanta or Detroit. But yeah, man, you might have to, you might have to kind of. Uh, Mix it up a little bit. You they, know, I know you got a girlfriend. You can love on your girl for a day. I know you got kids. You can, After you go home and kiss your girl and pick up the kid, then you can go shoot niggas in the street. Right. I mean, come on, switch it up. Absolutely. <laughs> and that's 100% my point because I like a lot of that music. I just don't want to listen to it for four hours straight, you know? So like you said, yeah, sure. they got to start coming out with some different styles of music. But, um, you know, throughout your journey of music, let's take it back to when you first started recording music. And then if we fast forward now – what would you say has big, been some of the biggest maybe changes that you've made in your musical style? Man, like the aggression. You know, I went from DMX to LL Cool J over the <laughs> 10 years. <laughs> Licking the lips and all. <laughs> yeah, like, look at me now. Like, man. Dude, like, yeah, but that's how it was because it was like, you know, I tell you with the military and all that, how I was like, you know, trying to have a story to tell. You know, when you come out of the military, you see war and everything, you're so aggressive. Yes. So I think that reflected in the music, me being aggressive and stuff like that. Or, you know, like it just had this aggression, you know. But then it's like over the years, your life started changing, things started getting better. You start opening up your mind and, you know, you, you, you got kids you're raising and stuff like that. And it's like all of a sudden you just evolve into a different person, but then you still have your stories and what's going on that you're telling or what you're experiencing. And you're just telling it in a more poetic form with less aggression and you know. Absolutely. Now you can play me in Bonds and Nobles. You know? <laughs> there you go. And and really <laughs> that's big goals right there. Because if you think about it, that's a great example. If your music is playing in somewhere like a Barnes and Nobles 
Man, think about all the different walks of life that come through a place like that. You got all ethnicities, you got all age brackets, et cetera, et cetera. So, I mean, if I was a music artist, that would be big goals for me to to have my music played in a setting like that because now, again, you're opening yourself up to a much broader audience. Yeah, man, straight up. Yeah, because I was, and I was thinking it was funny, you know, I, you know, I've spent some time in Africa. And it's so funny because, like, I'm making music like, you know, like the artists over in Kenya or, you know, Tanzania or, uh, you know, Nigeria making. But a lot of those people I meet over there, they're trying to be like American Blacks. And so, well, what they think American Blacks are. Right. And so what they end up doing is they try to make this hardcore music using the N-word and all that, you know. That's not even an African word, you know what I'm saying? But they, they wow. use that word. They try to rock like American Blacks. <laughs> And it's so funny. It's like, dude, like they rap like that because that's what they going through in the street. Don't imitate. You got you got the cheat code right now, man. Keep the cheat code over there in Africa. Absolutely. It's so funny to see that. Wow. That now that's funny. And that just goes to show how much influence the American culture and American hip hop culture has on the rest of the world. Yeah, straight up. Yeah, it's it's, it's dope. And that's that's the thing about it. It's dope with them. I think some of them guys deserve like all the money, all the accolades, all the props, everything, because somebody in New York created this art form that's over in France and over in Morocco or wherever. And they, they pretty much duplicating, you know, a lot of people making a lot of money off something somebody in the hood in the Bronx created. Yes. You know, and it's, it's, it's kind of dope that it took, took that part, you know, but yeah, it's crazy. You got people, I see people everywhere, Brazil, <laughs> Colombia, everywhere, just rapping like Americans, you know, <laughs> right. in their own style, you know, it's, it's kind of crazy. Absolutely. I seen the, the Portuguese, I seen the Portuguese, uh, what's his name? What's his one rapper name? He remind me of, uh, what is his name? I can't think of his name right now. It's like one of those Fabio Foreign or whatever. Oh, like yeah. That. One of them type of dudes. I've seen the Portuguese version of him where he's rapping nothing in Portuguese. But you swear, if you just, if you put it on mute, you swear you was about to Fabio Foreign on TV or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> that so is crazy insane. how they, they do it. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Absolutely. So let's talk about your creative process. This is a part that always intrigues me because everybody's style's a little different. And I'm sure yours has changed over the years because your music style has changed over the years. So, when you're putting your music together, um, do you, let me ask you this first. Are you a writer? You know what? Not anymore. Okay. It's kind of weird. Like, it's kind of like, it's only the writing part is just editing. You know, if I need to edit something just for my own editing. But a lot of times, I'll make it up the top of my head. Like, it's crazy because I got like a phone where I, I say I go for a ride in the car and I'll play the beat. And I'll just have my voice note on and just start going. Because the idea is weird because if by the time I make it back home, I forgot what I said. So I got something dope to say. I'm just recording it on my phone. And then I'll listen to it. And by the, t- by the time I get back home, if I don't like something, I'll just write that down real fast so I can put that in place of what I wanted to say or didn't say. Got you. Um, so that's that's crazy. But, I, but, it's, it's, but it also varies from song to song. This is weird because I remember one time uh, I had a, my last single prior to this body one was called Maneno, which is like means words in Swahili. And, um, I was running on a treadmill, like I did like seven miles or whatever. And I actually made the whole song on the treadmill. I just kept like doing line for line and I kept repeating as I was running on the treadmill. So that's a weird process. That's a very different process from like, you know, me freestyle on a voice note. So right, right. Absolutely. Kind of crazy. Yeah. And like you said, it can vary from time to time because I, I think I would think as an artist, it's based upon emotion, how you're feeling. 
Yeah, yeah. And people also inspire, like conversations be inspiring. Yes, absolutely. And that's the beautiful thing about being, being a music artist is you don't have to necessarily stick to the rules of how you create a song because you make the rules. You're the artist. You know, if you want to one time write a record, another time you want to get in the studio and freestyle, another time you want to take notes on your phone, however you want to do it, it's your music at the end of the day. So you're in complete control over your creative process. And with that being said, um, do you ever desire at any point to, to be involved with a label situation or do you prefer to have complete creative uh, control over your process? You know what I? You know I. I remember I said this a long time ago. I said I'd rather be independent, not a label. But to be honest with you, like, it's it's a combination of both. Yeah. Um, because like I know how tough it is as independent. Like I made some <clears throat> some real good songs, but it's like in order for you to reach the, the the fans that you need to reach or the public you need to reach, you gotta have a lot of financial backup behind you. Yes. And I, I think sometimes you gotta sacrifice the beginning. To get the financial backing, so you can get that popularity or get that audience. Yes. So then, once once you're out of the label situation, you still got that audience that mess with you. Now you can do your own thing. Yes. Now you can create your own creative control, and you want to make a singali bachata <laughs> song mixed with rap. You can now because now you, you still got the listeners. You now you got control. Now you got you ain't got to make shoot 'em up, bang bang, because the label told you to. You know what I'm saying? So. Uh, so I don't know. I, I like both situations. I don't know it's tough out here, you know, as, a, as an independent artist, you know, you got creative control and, and that's that, that probability of that, that one song can blow and you be rich. Yes. But it's like, until you get to that point, you know, we be spending our own money. Right. And it, it becomes very, very expensive. Even, even if it's just for a single campaign, there's so much that goes into it from distribution to getting the artwork done, to shooting a video, to doing interviews, to maybe getting some media coverage on the blogs, like uh, Spotify playlists. The list goes on. There's Man. so many. It's very expensive to put just one song out, lot of, let alone a whole entire project. Yeah, and then the one thing, the one biggest mistake I think independent artists make or, or artists who don't, like, they don't have a big fan base or they're still trying to get that fan base. The biggest mistake I think they make is they spend all this money on videos and everything and not have a campaign for, like, promotion or marketing and stuff like that. Yes. They they would, they would spend, like, a $10,000 video, and then it's like, dude, how are you going to promote it? And then I like, sitting around looking, and I got like five views on a damn ten thousand dollar video, and it's like, <laughs> dude, you could just film yourself in the studio with an iPhone, and just Man. do a hundred clips of that, and just run ads on a, on social media, and try to, you know, that's more effective than you spending ten thousand dollar videos so you can so you can be like little baby. <laughs> Who got the money? Right. Like, dude. Like, yeah. It's it's <laughs> really like hustling backwards when they do that. You know, it's like them spending 10000 for a feature but have no money left over to actually market it and promote it and get it out there properly. Same thing, like you said, if they're spending 10 racks on renting an Airbnb and paying a bunch of models and this, that, and the third. But, okay, now there's no money left over to promote it. It's like – you know, these days with these iPhones, like the iPhone 15 is about to drop, you know, with even with the iPhone, I still have an iPhone 13 Pro and I've actually shot with, a, I used a gimbal and I've shot a couple music videos on there and sent it off to a, a professional editor. You would never know that video was shot on, I did, I think we did three of them on my iPhone, sent it off, shout out to Katie Gray, he's a beautiful, he does a phenomenal job on the edits and you would never know that those 
were shot on an iPhone. You would think that somebody had a black magic out there getting to it. <laughs> I told you, and that's the thing about it. you got to think. That's why, and that's why I say you got to think like a business person because, like, that's how it is. Like, like for this record body, I actually like. It was so funny because I was just actually in Miami visiting family, and I ended up linking up with my videographer. I said, like, "Hey, let's just shoot like a quick promo video yeah. for my verse." You know what I'm saying? Like, just do it real quick. You know what I'm saying? A minute long, boom, and put it out. You know, it's content. You know, instead of just like doing this big long video with a budget, I can take that rest of that budget and run some ads or do the radio campaign or do this or do whatever, whatever the case may be. And because at the end of the day, as an undiscovered person, or you are you not, a, and even if you are a major artist, most people don't even look at more than two minutes of your video anyway. Yes, let's just be real. Yes, even if you was if you was Drake, a lot of the, if you go look at his average like viewer view thing it'll probably be like two minutes on a three minute video like that's just how it works so it works for people so if you're an unknown person or you're a person who's still trying to develop a fan base you're you're probably getting 45 seconds views so why don't you make a 30 second clip and just give them enough to keep following yes <laughs> you know, man give them enough that's a gym right there that is an absolute gym right there and um you know you might need you might need to make a little video saying that because a lot of these independent artists think that they're the hottest thing you know out there in the streets and maybe they are but they have no fan base and like you said if you're an unknown artist and you know you're still on the rise and you haven't built that core fan base like you said they're gonna be lucky if they get 45 seconds of someone's time on a video so you know, in the beginning stages, it's not necessary to spend thousands of dollars. Like the videos we shot, it literally cost zero dollars to film it because I did it on my phone. And then I paid someone a hundred dollars to we we paid someone a hundred dollars to edit it. And so really and, and we didn't pay for no locations. We chose we found our own little dope locations. You know, you can go into the city, you can go downtown like you can get great shots just, you know. Keep it, keep it within a budget so you can actually have money to spend afterwards. So with that being said, um, you know, what would you say out of all the songs that Rhyme Schemes has put out there and released on the digital platforms, which one is the most personal for you? Oh, crap. I mean, they all kind of personal, but like, uh, I would say like Book of Rhymes was one that was like one of the that kind of resonates with a lot of people. Yeah. You know, so I'm, I'm, I'm pretty speaking, I'm speaking, I'm rapping from a vulnerability standpoint, you know, kind of just sharing my real life in a song, you know, not a, not a rapper persona, but I'm kind of talking about like my mom dying. Yeah. Stuff in life and it's kind of real heartfelt. So I think that was one of the most personal ones. Um, you know, I, I would say that that was one of the most deep ones. Yeah. And, you know, uh, let me kind of think of what else I got. Book rhymes. Um, I did one a long time ago. I don't know if you know the, the four letter song. Yeah. Okay. I did a long time ago. Four letters. That was about me going through a divorce. Oh wow. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Had to get it off I your mean, chest, huh? Yeah. <laughs> Put it in my you song. Know, you, you think it's like four letters? You think it's four letters? I'm talking about love. I'm talking about beat your ass. Like like T Rone, I don't know if you're familiar with him, but years ago he made that song called uh, "F You Love," you know, like and it's kind of the same thing. Like you know, it's it, love will get you hurt and love can get you killed. So definitely sounds like those are two personal songs for you. Let me ask you this: How important is it to you and maybe to other artists that? When they got something on their chest, you know, they're going through something because we're human beings. We all go through 
bits of anxiety and bits of, you know, maybe we're stressed out or maybe some adversity in our life. How important is it for you to pour some of that into your music from time to time and just make yourself a really personal song? I think, I think it can work to your advantage. Um, I guess it all depends on, I guess it all depends on what you're going through. Like I know T Grizzly made a song about like when they shot his auntie and everything like that. That's song I think that's one of his best songs to me because it felt like it was more personal and you knew the situation. Yeah. And I think he made it at the right time, the right sentiment and everything like that. Um, but you know, sometimes when you like overthinking, like, and you, you, you're going through it, it can kind of mess up the creative process. So I remember Tupac had an interview where he was like, you know, everybody think I'm going to come on and make all this fabulous music, but you know, I'm in prison and prison kills your spirit and mm. I can't write when I'm in there and they don't inspiration. Yeah. So it's like, I guess it can work out. So it, I think the most effective way is sometimes when you look at it through hindsight. So like, if you go back and say, I went through this and now you, and, and you, you hone that information and you harness that information, that pain or whatever. And you, when you write this song, you create and you can kind of take some of them sentiment from that. And I think it'll be a better song in hindsight. But when you're going through it, like somebody somebody just shot shot up your house and you go in the studio, and it may sound good, it may fun for the, you know, for the creator, but it's like, you know, you might not be able to get that creative process because he's so mad. Right, right. There was too much emotion going on, so you might have to wait till yeah. you simmer down a little bit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You can't go in there like, but, but you know, I, I met a dude in Detroit. I was at a show, I did a show like years ago in Detroit. This dude got he got shot up, right? He got he got shot he got shot up. You can see he came to the show, like with bandages on or cast on. He Whoa. just got shot, but he was on stage rapping and he was speaking his pain. Like you could hear you could hear it in his voice. It was like on some, like you could he was like I just got shot and blah 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 blah. <laughs> you see him with the bandages on and like you could you felt his pain. So I mean, right, right. So I, that was some crazy stuff. Yeah. I, hope the, I hope the young dude is still out here rocking and doing his thing. You know, but like, damn. That's that a little like, too I much. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Man. Talk about getting to it by any means necessary. Like, what? Man. He was on stage. Fresh out of the hospital, you guys. Dog. Yeah. <laughs> I'm straight from the ER to the stage. You can't mess with me. <laughs> like, dang. You're bleeding. Bro, you're bleeding a little bit. Over there. <laughs> I know. Got, got an IV in his right. <laughs> Still got still got the hospital gown on. <laughs> oh gosh, we can laugh about it now. Like you said, we hope old boys doing good out there. But it's like, wow, that is insane. Like sometimes you gotta know when to just sit down for a little minute. You know what I'm saying? Like let yourself heal up. That is insane. Gosh, I wish I had a video of that. (laughs) That is so funny. So, you know, throughout your journey of music and, you know, you've been doing this for a long time, you know, what would you say is like one of your, your biggest strengths that you have, um, that make you a great musician? You know, I think being able to be aware, you know, I know, I know the audience I'm trying to reach and I I do a lot of research. So I think as a musician, you know, by being educated and have world experience, I just, to my awareness is what makes me understand. So I try to figure out what people listen to and the people I want to reach listen to. And I try to make, then then I would like inadvertently make songs to try to like feed that audience. Yes. You know, like, for example, I listen to like, let's say we listen to Davido, you know, some Afrobeat type of stuff. And I try to figure out what, what's hot, what's popping in the Nigerian market or yes. whatever. And I try to make a song 
that sounds similar, not sound similar, but like would fit in that genre that those type of people would like. Yes. And I see the re- I seen the reaction. You know, I did a lot of shows like from here to Spain to Sweden and you know, within these African communities and it's like they rock with me. Like yeah. they rock with me. I mean, in Spain, this is crazy. I mean, you gotta think, I was like back in the day, I was begging to get two people to come to a show, you know, <laughs> back in the day when I was out here rocking. I went over to Spain, like I packed out all, every single show. That like, is amazing. I got the, I got the video footage to show it too. Like I packed out. <laughs> I every... got proof, you guys. <laughs> so it was it was crazy because I packed out every show and like the freaking promoter paid me extra because he was like, "Damn, I don't know, you got this many people out here." Wow. And it was just it was the planning process, you know, understanding like you know what the demographic would be, or who may come to my show, and then I started like surveying people in that country yes you know i start i start like meeting people before i even got to spain like so i start like connecting with people online and one person know this person and you know one girl might bring 12 friends and then the next person might bring these many people and then before you know it boom i got a full house of people because i connected with these people because i knew i was going to be there and it was so at the end of the day i think a lot of these major artists have a team that does that type of stuff too but you know, no one ever talks about that or what's behind the scenes or how they get people to pack these shows. They just think people just like some diehard fans where they just show up because they love them and all that. Which that it could be that that happens too. But as a mid level or, or up and coming artist, we gotta come up with other strategies to be able to pack these spots out. And that's how I, that's what I kinda utilize my brain yes. to like figure out how to get people out to these shows. And they came and they came to the first show, the second show, and they kept coming and I'm like, damn. <laughs> But you know what, though? That is another great gem that you just dropped because um, now that you mentioned it, when I do events out here in Atlanta, it's very rare that an artist, especially one that comes from out of town, not necessarily ones that are here in Atlanta because they kind of understand the market and the demographic, but it's rare that artists that come from outside of the city or state will ask me, you know, what is, what, what type of crowd is it going to be? You know, should I, you know, what, maybe is there a particular type of song I should do that's going to resonate with the crowd? And that's a good idea. You know, it's like, you don't want to go into a a setting and do a rock song, but everybody loves R&B in this setting type. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) Like you're going to throw the whole crowd off. It's like, yeah, man, yeah. so that's a great gem right there. And, and furthermore, just to add to that a little bit, um, as of recently, I've been seeing a lot of artists, um, that have, have a big presence like on social media perhaps having to cancel shows because the ticket sales were low and it's because they didn't build a core fan base in the areas that they're looking to go to yeah you got you got to talk to people or people yes like a person can like a song let me see this is how competitive is how they the person can like a song and they may hear your song when they're scrolling down that post yes but then once they offer your post Little baby is the next person popping up on their timeline. Right. So they forgot about your ass five seconds ago. Yes. So you have to find a way to capture this person to be able to communicate to them to get multiple. This is from, I'm talking like a marketer now. You got to be able to get, you got to get multiple touches on this person. So you got to like, maybe, you know, you may, they might like a post, like when they post, DM them, talk about whatever, the weather. Before you know it, you're build, you building up a little network. Absolutely. To people. Yes. And before you know it, you know, they know people. You know, you, you got 20 people that know 20 people. You know, sometimes you got to just interact with people. You can't just be like pretty boy standing there <laughs> taking pictures and hoping I get 8,000 likes. You got to talk to people. People 
they'll forget you. Absolutely. That's facts because I'm I'm the person that will completely push someone off or blow them off if they're not courteous to me. Like it I'm big on common courtesy. You know what I'm saying? Greet me. Hey, good morning. My name is Ryan Skeens, man. It's a pleasure to meet you. I'm a music artist from Cali. You know, like little things like that go a long way rather than you jumping in my DM and just dumping me a link and not even taking the time to introduce yourself. Like that's the corniest, spammiest BS. I, I delete it. I don't even listen to it. I'm not fixing to click on it. If you know, and, and to go even deeper real quickly, a lot of times they send me their Spotify link, bro. I don't even subscribe to Spotify. So that don't do me no good. You didn't take the time to ask me, Hey, where do you stream your music at? May I send you a link or, you know what I'm saying? They just assume that I'm a Spotify streamer and I'm not. So yeah, great, great gems that you're giving out. I'm loving it. Um, you know, I know you've got a lot of music that you're, you're working on right now. If you could sit down with anybody in the music industry, I don't care if it's an artist, a producer, a mogul, and just pick their brain, have a conversation over lunch with them, who would it be? Man, I, you know, to be honest with you, I don't, I'm going to be straight up, I don't even know no more. Because, <laughs> because, because I, you know, I'm so confused with this smoke and mirror stuff. Yeah. You know, I, I found out, that I just found out P. Diddy didn't even own Ciroc. And I'm thinking like he owns the rock. Oh yeah. So it's like I would say somebody like P Diddy because I'm thinking he's doing this, but right. he might be on the same page. Right, right. He was like a brand ambassador or something for them. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, I, man, like, uh, yeah. But you know, I, if somebody, you know, somebody who got it out of the mud, you know, that's that's who I want to talk to. Somebody I know for sure got it. like a like a Tech Nine or a Mortal Technique. I can say for a fact. You know, Tech Nine is making a forest list every year because he's he's treating it like an independent artist. Yes. You know, like you know, you you selling you you making seven million dollars a year because you understand like the business model of music, how you use music to create other business. Yes, and on touring and all that. So I would say somebody like a Tech Nine, I would figure out how they did it because these streaming platforms and they, you know, you got to reach fans however you can with the streaming platforms because people are dialed into these streaming platforms. Yes, but Direct to, direct to consumer is kind of the best way to go because you can just like you get all your money, it goes directly to you, and you you build relate business relationships with people directly or whatever. You ain't got no middleman like a Spotify who's ganking you for all your damn money, and you know. Man. So it's like it's like maybe like a Tech Nine is definitely one I would want to holler at. You know. Um, who's ah. doing an independent. Yeah, and he's sure. putting other artists in positions as well. I know he's definitely, you know, um, signed or did a deal with some artists, putting them in a position. That's how I discovered an artist out of St. Louis is because Tech 9 had, you know, took him up under his wing and, you know, was working with him. So I love that. To me, that to me that speaks that he's a boss. When you put other people in a position to win, that makes you a boss, you know. And so that's definitely – shout out to Tech 9 out there doing it. Um what do you do personally as a music artist to study the music business? And what I mean, like, for example, for me, I'm a radio personality. I'm a podcaster. So I watch a lot of YouTube videos, like how-to videos. Like my whole podcast studio, I learned how to set it up watching YouTube videos, how to hook up the cameras and this, that, and the third. How do you study the music business as as an independent artist? You know, I, I look at music as like any any other business. You know, I, you know, I went to school, I got, I got an MBA, you know what I'm saying? So I understand how businesses work, you know, what target audience, how, how to do management plans and marketing. So I, I kind of know all that just from basic knowledge from going to school. Yeah. 
Um, and also, like, in my personal life, I also, like, an upper-level manager within my, my company or whatever like that. So I understand, like, managing businesses, you know. So music is music is no different than any other business, you know. Um, the only thing – so it's one of the most difficult businesses, you know, I would say, because yes. it's like you're selling an idea. Yes. You're selling music. You know, it's easy for me to go sell hot dogs right now <laughs> with my same business model because people consume food. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Like that's a, that's a hot, that's a hot idol. But music, you selling an idea. Like you trying to say, I got a good song. I want you to like my song. I want to make money off of you liking this song. You know, and and so that's that's why it's kind of hard. But like, I think like, I think year by year, day by day, I get better at understanding how to sell music or yes. how to, you know, and we, and I don't do it just for the money either. I try to make money. I do it because I like the creative process and the business behind it. I think I kind of digress from the question, but. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, but you still gave a great answer. Like, honestly, a lot of what we discussed, you've been dropping gems throughout this whole conversation. And I love it because I think artists need to go back and take the time to listen to this because you, as from an artist standpoint, have dropped some amazing gems that I think that a lot of other artists could apply to what they have going on. So I appreciate you being honest and transparent and sharing all that information. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, that's yeah, and that's that's the thing. And another thing is, I mean, I guess I'll drop another one. You know, yeah, we're bring it like, on. Let's do like it. Grown folks over here, we're like grown folks over here. <laughs> <laughs> I think this is like. You know, I always, you know, I used to be so ashamed to let people know I did music, or vice versa, or let people that know that know I did music what I did outside of music. Right. And it's like, no, you never put your eggs in one basket. You never put all your eggs in one basket. I see some people be like, I'm gonna quit my job so I can become a musician. It's <sighs> like, no, I so fun this dream. Terrible idea. To like get, get out there. <laughs> right. Yeah, be like, I'm gonna leave my city. Like your your rent is five hundred dollars a month. You living in Nebraska somewhere. <laughs> you gonna move out to New York to pay like. $4,000 for rent right. because you want to do music? Like, come on. Like, it's the internet. You can, internet. You can put that thing up on the internet, run an ad, and target New York. You know? And so it's like, I would tell people, don't put your eggs in one basket. Yes. Like, you make your money, build your career up, whatever. And even, and, or the thing about it is, you never know where you may get your funding from. That's you may right. be working at Best Buy, you become a manager at Best Buy, you sell a TV to like, I don't know, Warren Buffett or whatever like that. I like you, young man, young lady. Yes. And end up funding your damn project or putting you in touch with Jay-Z who funds your project. So you never, so it's like, sometimes you, you gotta, you gotta be versatile with it, you know, make your music, put it out, you know, show the persona to your, whoever you want to reach. A hundred percent. Don't mess up your bread and butter while you're trying to get it in what you want to do. <laughs> Absolutely. And, and that, that is another, it's a great piece of advice. That is a gem because, you know, like you said, they think that they can just quit their job and run out here and be a music artist when in reality it takes years and maybe even a decade or more if you're doing music full time to make enough money to to make a living off of it. Unless you catch a big break somewhere or whatever, but the reality is there's so many other artists out here that the chances of you breaking through in a year are kind of slim at this point because there's so many other artists coming out. So you're absolutely right. Keep your job. You never know who you might meet through that job, like you said. And, um, you know, let me let me add into that and ask you a question um, about not keeping all your eggs in one basket and having multiple hustles. Um, 
outside of music, I know you just, you know, mentioned that you work. Is there other business ventures that you're either tapping into or, or maybe looking to tap into at some point in time? You know, I, I used to have the, like the, the magazine and the radio, you know, I had a partner a couple of years ago. So that, that was, that was kind of a fun venture to do. Yeah. Uh, do. But, but right now I just, I'm kind of comfortable with what I'm doing right now, you know, doing my songs and talk, you know, reaching my market that I'm currently in and, yeah. and my, and fitness, fitness. I, I, I guess my biggest idea is like how I'm going to incorporate fitness with my music. And that's, that's what I'm trying to work on right now. I love you it. You know, put like a, uh, put a rhyme scheme track <laughs> outfit on when I do these races. So like whatever you behind me, you see my name and my website on my shirt when I'm running and I get that other marketer. <laughs> like, look at that. Look at that man over there with no shirt running. I look at him. Yes, girl. Yes. He got that body. I see him. Okay. Know, right? yeah. yeah. That's all, that's all we end up doing. I'm going to see if I can get like some women rhyme scheme track outfits, you know, so they can just put us, cause everybody's going to be a fitness influencer nowadays. So maybe that would right. be like someone doing that. And can, like, you know, see me at a race and, <laughs> And wear my clothes. Yeah, and I love the fact that you are into fitness. I heard you say earlier on, if I heard you correctly, did you say you were in your forties? Oh yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. so let I'm, me let me just say this first and foremost: you absolutely a thousand million percent don't look like it. You know what I'm saying? Like, so I know you take care of yourself because I would have put you somewhere maybe in your uh, like late twenties. To be all the way honest, like. Oh. You know, right. yeah, like <laughs> you look really, really, really good. And I'm not doing it to gas your head up. I'm being very honest. Like, you know, I can tell that you take care of yourself. And I know we're we're covering so many different subjects, but I, I enjoy having these type of conversations. Um, So I do have a question in regards to that. You know, as a music artist, you know, I think it's important to stay fit. You don't want to be on stage for five minutes and you're huffing and puffing everywhere. Like how important is it as an artist to keep yourself in shape? Oh, it's definitely, it's, I think it's one of the best things, period, because even, even when you perform it in the studio, your vocals are better because you have the wind, yes. you have the wind to, to do that take better, like when you perform it, like, I'm serious, sometimes I perform and I'm like, geez, like it's over with, like I'm gonna need, I haven't even like, I haven't even broke a sweat, I said, I can, I can, I can do an hour set. I can do Beyonce, you know? <laughs> Go ahead with your bad stuff, okay? <laughs> I can do an hour set. Like, you don't even, you know, like, so it's kind of, it's, 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 it's very important. I think it's very, very important just to be in shape physically. Because, I mean, physical fitness is like, it helps out your mental as well. So, Man. you know, I mean, they start thinking, like, with the Mistendos and everything they got, they start going on for a run. They ain't thinking about shooting nobody. <laughs> right, <You know? laughs> right, right. They gonna make it like a couple feet and be like, oh, they out of breath. You, hey, bro, you about to get shot up. Should have got took your ass to the gym. Told you. <laughs> yeah, I was trying to Absolutely. And especially as we age, you know, I'm in my 40s. I'm in my last year of my 40s. You know, I'll be 50 in April and it's to me, it's, it's so important because, you know, if we want to live a, uh, you know, quality of life type lifestyle, you have to keep yourself in shape. You have to eat good and, and it will catch up to you. Cause you know, you know, we're going back to like late teens, early twenties, we can stay up all night. I can't do that no more. Midnight. I have to be asleep by, I got a bedtime. You know what I'm saying? I got to get my eight hours of sleep or I'm cranky. You know, so I think it's so important. But let's let's talk about this record, man, because speaking on being fit, 
Um, this record that you have will absolutely, I'm right now, as I'm on the phone with you, I'm doing it right now. I'm adding it because I have it downloaded. It's I'm adding it to my workout playlist because it's the type of song that's oh, going to motivate me when I'm in the gym, right? Um, let's talk about this record called Body, which I'm, I'm it's one of my top favorites right now. How did this song come about? You know, it was crazy because uh, I was actually, I was in Spain and I usually keep, I keep in touch with Bubba Maiden, who's a producer. So we got like a bunch of songs together. We got like Showtime, we got Go Down Low, we got Patika, what else we got? We got a bunch of other songs, My Nano, we got all these songs together. And so every time he has an idea for a song, I'm like one of the first artists he reached out to for like production wise. Yeah. Um, and so like, you know, all that together, and it's funny the people don't know that that I wrote a lot of the the Swahili that's in it. Oh wow! So when I when I have my guy, my dude, my dude is another talented singer that comes from Tanzania. My he dude, he with Bubba, Bubba made it. Yeah, that's works, how you say his name. I was I was like Madu. It's my my dude. Yeah, he's a machine. Like let me tell you something about these African artists. They're machines. Yes. Like they would they would crank out like fifty songs in a night. Like it's like nothing and they would perform for hours like nothing happened like you would think these dudes are on some voodoo or something or <laughs> like these dudes are no joke like they they like tupac how tupac people say tupac was workaholic would put down 15 songs in a day that's how these guys are and my dude you know he would happen to be in the studio when i'm talking to bubba made it and i just started making up these lyrics while i'm in spain like i'm actually walking i'm in my york i'm walking after my shows and stuff like that, and I'm making up the lyrics and the beat he had. And that's how kind of how it came together, you know, the whole song. And it's like, I'm in a club vibe already. I'm on an island in Spain. It's a yes. club vibe, you know, everybody's out there shaking their body and everything. And that's how kind of how it came It came together, just from that vibe, that tropical vibe. And we added a little bit of Kasumba Latin feel to it. Yes. Uh, with the Afrobeat sound and... You know, I actually like the song a lot. I do, too, because, you know, as of lately, I, I interviewed an artist um, probably a couple months ago, and he does Afrobeats music. And honestly, I've always, you know, loved it and, you know, thought it was a feel good. But like when I got the chance to sit down with him and like, you know, really talk to him and, you know, understand his musical style like that click something within me and I've now been out here like uh you know researching you know different uh our African artists and Afro beats and man like it's just it's beautiful music and I love the fact that you're incorporating other styles of music into what you do because it goes back to what we talked about earlier being able to tap into these other markets is important yeah for sure so we're about to get into this record and check it out. Now, is this song released strictly as a single or is it going to, it, it was it or will it be on an album? No, it's actually a single. I've been dropping singles. Yes. Uh, you know, definitely. I, I, I mean, an album is a tough process to pull through, but yeah, this is definitely a single. This is a follow up to uh, Go Down Low, uh, my last one, the remix I did with a Swedish artist. But uh, definitely, your body's a single, and I'm planning on pushing this thing all year. Please, you know? <laughs> so definitely, y'all, y'all, y'all get tired of hearing this. So that's what I'm doing. Absolutely, so. and you know, you should maybe look at if you haven't already. Find a couple really dope um, social media influencers, and maybe throw them a little hundred dollars or something to get them to do. Um, like a video, them you know either dancing to the song or something. I find that those type of 
promotions when you get somebody who's a social media influencer because people tend to really look at what they have going on. It could bring you back some traction, you know, make sure they tag you in the caption or whatever. Um, you know, so just a thought, you know, and it could possibly start a trend where people are doing like, you know, like a viral dance to it or something. For sure. Yeah, I've already started that process too over in like uh, Venezuela and Colombia and all that nice. different spots. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, like, I know a lot of us American people love Instagram, but when you go to the Latin America market, Facebook be on fire over there. Yeah, like, <laughs> right. I got to get fire. back to using my Facebook more. Like, yeah. I, I feel like I've been neglecting it. And, you know, the crazy thing is I just received money from them, not from Instagram, but from Facebook, because everything I post on Instagram, it trickles over to my Facebook and when I do my live um, video interviews, I stream on Facebook. I got a, I got well, not a lot, but I got a little bit of money from that. And I don't even ever yeah. directly post to there. So I was like, yeah, we got to circle back. Cause like you said, it's still super relevant in other areas. So um, we're about to get into this record though. It's called body. Um, man, I'm excited about it. You know, give us that official introduction in just a moment. But before we do that, tell everybody where they can follow you out on all your social platforms. Yeah, definitely. Rhymeschemes, R-E-I-M-E-S-C-H-E-M-E-S on all platforms. Definitely check out my website. You know, I got the gear on there, rhymeschemesbiz.com. And connect with me. We can chop it up. We can do this offline. Let's go. Yes. You know, I with that body. <laughs> my dude. The hottest record in the streets. Straight like yeah. that. And I got it in rotation <laughs> on the FM station out here, 99.1 FM. You know what I'm saying? So we're going to make sure we keep rocking it. I know I uh, interrupted your introduction because I'm just excited about this record. Like, it's it's one of my faves. <laughs> For real. Like, I'm like, this record is on fire. I just put it on my playlist. Uh, when I go to the gym tomorrow, I'm going to be working out to it. So um, definitely thank you so much for always just being who you are. You know, you're so professional. You're fun. I pray that, you know, you come to Atlanta soon so we can sit down and do this face-to-face. It would definitely be my pleasure and an honor to have you at, at the studio. Um, I'm I'm excited sure. for your journey. Thank you. I appreciate it. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. You're you the hardest working person in the world. You're <laughs> you probably on like three stations at once right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we be, we be syndicating and all that. You know what I'm saying? For sure, for sure. So thank you for always supporting what I have going on. But, you know, without further ado, Rhyme Schemes, go ahead and give us that official introduction to the record. Yeah, definitely. You rocking with the body. Rhyme Schemes, my dude. Bubba made it, man. U.S. Africa. Atlanta. Capital Let's go. Let's go. Come and see what all the hype is about. Tune in to the hype 87.3. My dog, yeah, yeah. made it. I got the feeling. Baby, I'm not 
Yeah, I'm dressing all black, so I'm about to hit the dance floor. I'm up in the club, she asked me what I dance for, or what it hit for. You know I bet on black, it's like Vegas got my game intact. Uh, ride with me, I know you heard about my past. I'm international, I change up your forecast. Cause we can travel around the world and back. Always hustle on my own, never roam in packs. You know how I do, the hunt is always greater than the kill. But you're next to me, so your body is what I feel. But I'm still here, with the same plan and the same mission. And I ain't going nowhere, because this vibe is different. Uh, you ride in with me, we ride side by side like twin vests. So come through if you feel that. But I know you feel that. So why don't you take my number? We can run it right back. Wanna talk a picture? Go can follow. Steam when you kitwa. Passy o bolo. La 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 ush. Mr. Polo. Ukilo tauzush. Naku unfollow. Mmm. Baby, I'm not shaking about you. Mmm. Me na li taka lo body. Once again, we got the homie Rhyme Schemes, man. That record is on fire. Thank you again for taking some time to check in tonight. Um, anything else you want to put out there before we uh, get up out of here? Oh, I think we, I think he disconnected. All right, y'all. Well, you have a blessed, blessed night. Thank you, everybody tuned in, tapped in. It's your girl, Tampa Mystic. We out of here, y'all.